Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. Good evening. Thank you for joining us for worship this evening. We're so glad that you are here. I hope that you had a phenomenal time this morning in worship as we all enjoyed being back together and sharing in the gospel. It was great to see all of your smiling faces. For all of you who are continuing to join us online, we are grateful to have you as well. If you would like, you can connect to us at, at friendshipsturgis.com connect. It will help you get to know some of the things going on at the church, some ways that you can connect. friendshipsturgis.com slash small groups are great ways to plug in if you're part of our virtual community or you're part of our friendship family. We'd love to have you as well. Also, if you're still unable to attend, you can give your tithe online at friendshipsturgis.com give, or you can mail it in to the church. Thank you for being with us this evening. This evening, we're continuing on in our understanding of all the different fruits of the Spirit. So today, we're going to talk about joy. Joy or radiant living, and we're going to be looking at this passage from John 15, 11. If you've got your copy of the Bible, it'll be there. If not, I'll have it shared on the screen here in just a moment, and you can follow along in that way. But we will be highlighting 1511, but we'll be looking at the entire chapter, because if you don't know what's going on in the entire part of the story, then you may not know what's going on in the small part I would bring out. So if you've got your Bible, you can land on chapter 15, turn on your app, flip over however you do it, highlight and share it with a friend. That's the wonderful thing about our virtual messages, and I hope that you've already figured this out. I hope this is not something new. You can take the message that you hear today, and you can share it with anybody, anywhere, anytime. So maybe you have a friend that's going through a particularly hard period in their life, and they need some joy, or maybe you've got somebody that needs some encouragement, or maybe you have a friend that absolutely does not have joy in Christ, doesn't know Christ, this message could be taken to them as well. So check back through our videos. If you find one you want to share, share on, share away, put it wherever you want to take it and go because God's Word is meant for everybody. This evening we're looking at joy from John chapter 15. And in John chapter 15 it talks about the vine and the branches. Now, during that particular society, you would have understood the agriculture of it all, and you understand the vines that are there, grape vines for wine, but also there's vines of all kinds. So they would have understood the analogy that's being made because it would have spoken to their particular society at that given time. So for you who might be looking at it today, you know what a vine looks like. Even if you grew up here in Mississippi, you know what a vine looks like because you've walked by a tree and you've seen a vine hanging down. You know what that's like. It's important to have that visual going forward. But we understand that the vine and its branches have significance. So let's look at verses 1 through 3. In verses 1 through 3 it says, I am the true vine. 
My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Verse 3, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. It's important to stop there and note that this is Jesus speaking. Now, if you are new to the Bible and you're just reading it for the first time, you'll notice Jesus speaking in here not only by the fact that it says Jesus in a lot of titles, but the fact is that there's red words. Red words, red letters in this denotes or gives you the idea and understanding that this is Jesus speaking, so it should bring a deeper level of, I guess, importance for us to note or understand. So if Jesus is the vine, then who is the vine dresser? The vine dresser would be God the Father. That's very important to know as you're looking at this. These are those that he's speaking to of, of many who, who already have that working relationship. Meaning their joy comes from knowing Jesus Christ. So he's speaking to this crowd, but also he's speaking to each and every one of us. And there's an important... There's an important word to note in this. The vine and the branches, it's important to know and remain connected to Him. Secondly, what does it mean to abide in Him? And what happens if we do so? What does it mean to abide in Jesus? To abide means to remain or reside. It also means to stay, remain, or continue, or to continue on. Now, those are, are broken off from the Greek connotation of the word abide. So there you go. you got some Greek for today, and you're able to take that meaning and understand that abide means remain or reside or stay or continue. Abide is a continual uh, mindset for you and me that we have to adhere to, we have to think about, we have to hold on to, we have to gravitate towards. So abide in Him means that we will bear much fruit. Verse 4 says this, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. We can't do anything without remaining connected to the vine. Just like many of you I'm sure have seen a, a vine, whether it is in a grapevine or something else, what happens when one of the branches or one of the shoots off of it does not remain connected to the vine? It withers up, right? It doesn't grow. It doesn't produce. It doesn't do what it's intended to do, what it's created to do. Likewise, we can't bear fruit. We can't do something significant to impact the kingdom of God. We can't be fruitful in our lives in the way we ought to, unless we stay connected to the Almighty in this. Verse 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I am him, bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. So I'm going to ask you, what can you do apart from him? How can you just muster up enough energy, enough, uh, enough good stuff, enough things that you could accomplish in your life based on your ability or a human trying hard and working and doing, how could you do that? Well, you might could do some good things, and there are a lot of good people we know, and there are a lot of possibilities that we enlist ourselves or get involved in that are great in nature but do not benefit the kingdom of God. So while you and I can do a lot of things, 
we can't do what God can. We can never work hard enough, eclipse what He can do. God makes infinite things possible. Through Him and His strength, there are, there are untold situations to where God has given the ability to overcome all. And the story or testimony of an individual who's walked through the hard times and sought after God, and God led them through, has far greater significance than us who say, I just made my way through and it didn't work out like it ought to. And many of us have those stories as well. We can't do anything on our own. We need Him in our lives. And we need to understand that. So what happens... Verse 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. So it's important that you and I understand abiding, remaining, staying, continuing in Him. This is not a one-time endeavor, one-time process. Hey, I know Christ, I accepted Christ, I'm good to go. This is a daily seeking after Him in all that we do. This is not a, well, I feel like it today, I don't feel like it tomorrow, or I'm, or I'm not sure how life's going right now. This is a every day falling into His lap and saying, God, I need you, I need you, I want you, guide my life, govern everything that I do, every decision, Every word, every action, I want it to be representative of you so that I can do your will in this life. Y'all, we cannot repay God for what He has done. There's no way we can, we can do more than what Jesus did for us. But what we can do is be grateful for all that He's done, the grace and mercy which we have. And we cannot take that for granted. Every day we can thank God. Despite circumstances, despite the temporary, we can thank God and know that He is in control and stay connected to Him. So what about the, the, the Father's love and a disciple? Number three, disciples and a Father's love. Verse 8 and verse 9. My Father's love is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Bearing much fruit means that that maybe during this time you have served your neighbor. You've helped somebody in a small or big way. Maybe you have helped the least of these. Maybe you've helped somebody that's drastically different. Maybe you have mended or repaired a relationship that was broken so long ago. Maybe you have worked on your family. Maybe you and your spouse or your kids aren't where they should be in their relationship or your relationship. Maybe you've had to work on it and this pandemic of sorts that you thought got your schedule off and kind of threw things for, for a loop, maybe it's just been what God needed in your life to slow down, to let you focus on Him in order to get you back in line with Him and have you doing His purposes in this world. So being a disciple means what? How do you become a disciple? Do you go to discipleship training? Do you watch enough videos on YouTube? Do you follow enough pastors and watch enough sermons and maybe share those things? Maybe that could be helpful, but being a disciple means that you are simply a follower of Jesus Christ. You have that salvation. You have that understanding, but you also have an understanding that there's more to this life than just knowing Jesus Christ. 
there's a growth that needs to happen. And as you grow, then you have an understanding that you need to share that, that love, share that mercy, share that grace with others around you so that they might know Christ too. And that might look like serving others. That might look like serving in your community. That might look like serving at a local food bank, helping out a family. That might look like going overseas and serving on the mission field. That might look like a myriad of things. But what it means is this, is that because you have been given much, you are a disciple. Because you've been given much through Jesus Christ, you have much that you need to give out to others. You don't just keep that knowledge in. You're continuously learning and spending time with God. So that relationship is then propelling you to go out to serve that others might know His name, that others might grow in Him, that they might have a pattern in their life to do the very same thing. So the Word of God will manifest in your life, in their lives, in generations to come. If you're one who keeps up with the political landscape, you might look at the church in America today and might say that things are not going so well and wonder what you can do about it. Serve God. Serve Him well. That's what you can do. As you build disciples up and help them know what their God-given purposes are, you help them know Jesus Christ, all of those things, then you are making a difference. You are bearing fruit where you are. And as you might feel so helpless with everything going on, you are not helpless nor hopeless with Christ in your life. You have a hope that the world needs. Everything that's going on in the world, you might say, well, this is because this person or this person's actions or this individual's actions, it's because of sin in the lives of those in this world. And the desperate hope they're looking for, you have in Christ. Tell them, show them, serve them, go. So we're looking at that. So a disciple and the Father's love. Do this so you prove to be my disciples. Well, verse 9 says this, Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my... There's that word again. Abide in my love. Rest, remain, connect, stay there. In order that you might understand that God loves you. Have you experienced some time during this, this last few months where you've said, Does God love me? Am I going through a time of, uh, of feeling like I'm in a desert in my faith? Maybe I felt like it's drying up a little bit, and it's because maybe during this time you haven't stayed connected to the vine as you ought to, so you feel kind of like you're on the outside looking in, or maybe you've panicked. Just note that the Father loved Jesus. So if we are in Christ, the Father loves us. Abide in that love. Understand that there's not a day that you haven't been loved by Him, regardless of what you have done. Fourthly, there are commandments and abiding in Jesus. So we're going to learn a little bit of mathematics that has no real bearing on mathematics. So commandments plus abiding in Jesus equals full of joy. If you've asked yourself, where's he going in this whole thing? Commandments plus abiding in Jesus equals full of joy. If we live according to his word, if we abide in him, then that's where joy comes from. Joy does not come in temporary happiness because it doesn't last, right? The very definition of the word temporary means that it doesn't last. But we know that God's word is everlasting, that he is everlasting. So I tell you that if we keep his commands we live and abide in Him, we bear much fruit, then that's where our joy comes from. 
Ask anybody who's ever served another person if they walked away unhappy. Chances are, if you've looked to others' needs and loved others greater than yourself, love like Jesus, you've walked away being blessed and grown more than you were walking into that. Many of us went last year and went to Mission Arlington. We served a group of kids and a group of people that had literally nothing. We think we have nothing. They really had nothing. But I found so much joy by serving them, and they were so joyous just to have somebody who cared, somebody to invest, somebody to play ball with them. And they hung on every single word of Scripture that was given to them as if they had never tasted and seen what God's love was all about. It was so great to have some that accepted Christ for the very first time, but it was so great to love others that had less than we did because it gave perspective that as we serve and as we go, the Father's love goes with us. As we abide in Him and He in us, we can do much in this life. And so that brings joy. It's a joy complete. It's a joy beyond all things. Verse 10 and 11 says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that you may have joy and may be made in you and that your joy may be made full. That means complete. That means that you don't need anything else but the joy that you find in Christ. That is... Is significant. Verses 10 and 11 are the key verses of what we we understand are important in all of this. We need to stay connected to Him. So what can we draw from this? What applications can we make? How can we make this apply to our lives? Well, firstly, as I said before, the vine is Jesus. The vine dresser is God the Father. There's a relationship that needs to happen within my and your life, and we have to ask ourselves, do we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do we have that relationship through His salvation? Do we understand that He is the only way to have relief or forgiveness from our sins? And if we understand that, then are we seeking Him for that forgiveness? Do we understand we have to come to Him individually? He can't just... You know, we can't just think that, uh, that a group of people being together, you know, maybe that just makes it okay. No, we individually come to Him and find forgiveness. That's how we are connected to Jesus Christ, through that forgiveness, that eternal life, being born again through Him. And it, 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 it is something that changes our world and turns it upside down. I have not ran into somebody that has ever regretted following Jesus Christ. I've had many with regrets, but never one who has regretted following Him. So if we believe in Jesus Christ as Savior and salvation in our life, then we're connected to the Father. So that means that whenever God the Father sees Jesus and what He has done and will do, He loves His Son. And so by doing so, us. We are in that right relationship with Him. It's important that you have that relationship with Him. Secondly, how are you abiding in Him? If we are abiding in Him, we are resting in Him. We are finding all that we need. We are residing in Him. We are remaining and continuing and staying on in Him. How are you abiding in Him? How are you finding that time right here and now to work on that relationship and to trust in Him? 
I do this every single morning. Maybe it will help you. When I first get up, I spend time with Him. I go through a daily devotional, two devotionals, however many I have time for before the kids come into the house. I grab me a cup of coffee, maybe something to snack on, and I have time with Him. And while you might say, well, well, Pastor, I'm a parent and I have kids who wake up early. We can look at that and say, you know what, wake up 10, 20, 30 minutes earlier than they do. You know when they wake up every day. Take that time. Make that provision in your life because if you feed that relationship, then that's going to feed over into how you parent your kids. It's going to affect how you, your entire day goes. It's going to affect your effectiveness as disciples. It's going to affect everything that goes on throughout the day. Spending time in that relationship, abiding in Him, is important to start that day off. Thirdly, functions of abiding in the vine. From the passage, you might say, well, okay, there are some things that, that happen if I do that. Some of the functions, not all the functions of abiding in the vine are this. You bear much fruit. If you've ever said, well, I don't know if what I'm doing is affecting anybody at all. If you remain connected and you stay connected to the vine, Jesus Christ, then you will bear fruit. You will also understand that you can ask and it will be done. Now that doesn't mean he's a drive-through. That means that if you are praying to him and saying, God, your will be done, then that's what's answered. It's not, God, I want a Mercedes. Ta-da! It's not that kind of thing. It's not one of those TV preacher name it, claim it things. It's one of those, if you are praying for God to be effective and, and enrich your family, help you reach out to your community, help you serve others, help you grow in your abilities and knowledge of Him, all those things God will grant to you. Because they're not about you, they're about Him in you. It's important to understand that. Discipleship is another key function of abiding in the vine. You will want to grow. You'll seek books and information that are credible and, and read God's Word and want to grow in your knowledge of Him because what you take in is what you're going to put out in your life. Also, you want to help others grow in their walk with Him. That means you encourage other disciples who may be starting out in their faith to grow and know more about Him and teach them effective ways to do that. Another way that abiding in Him functions is serving others. If you know Jesus, have that hope, you're going to want to serve other people, aren't you? You're going to want to go and, and, and serve the least of these. You're going to want to help others in their time of need. You're going to want to do all you can to make God real in their lives, and they will do the same thing, serving other people. Another function of abiding in the vine is being loved by God, understanding that. The more time you spend with Him in, in the Word, searching after Him, seeking after Him, growing in Him, then chances are your relationship is going to be stronger in Him, and you're going to feel that love that He has. Stick close to Him. Also, a function of abiding in Him is a joy unspeakable. If you've ever been overwhelmed with His joy and His provision in your life, you know what I'm talking about. It's a joy that's hard to put into words. Also, as abiding in Him, it will be a life well lived glorifying God because that's the ultimate hope of our lives as disciples. All that we're doing, all that we are, glorifies Him and His kingdom and produces much fruit, meaning others begin to know Christ, grow in Christ, and live that out themselves. Fourthly, what does it mean to not abide? According to this passage, it says that you're dried up as a vine. You're dried up, you're cast into a fire and burned. So it's very much a, 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 a who is following Him and who is living for Him or what are they creating. 
in that. Those things need to be worked on in our lives. And chances are you might have places that need to be worked on in your life so that you can bear fruit. Fifthly, how joyful are you this evening? How joyful are you right now? If I were to ask you, I'm not saying tell me a Sunday school answer or tell me something you ought to say like, I'm doing great. I'm not talking about the fake smile you give a lot of people so they don't ask more questions. I want you to really dig deep. How joyful are you right now? And the second question comes in, what changes or pruning is necessary in your life? When you prune something, maybe it's a vegetable in your garden or it's a plant outside or it's a tree or something, you are preparing for it to take off the bad parts that it might be more fruitful or grow out and be a beautiful plant or a beautiful flower or a beautiful tree in your life, you can see the connotation there. There are changes that maybe you need to make in your life that His joy may be made complete, that you might be able to be a more effective disciple, or even that you might not have a relationship with Him, so you are just out there flailing, looking for hope, looking for God. And maybe you have some rough points in your life that you need to seek forgiveness through His eternal life and salvation. And so pruning is necessary for your life. This evening, we've all gathered together. And I appreciate you being here, whether this is your first time, you've been here a thousand times, you've been in person, or you've never seen me in real life before. I hope that you see God the Father Jesus Christ in all that's being done today. In this passage, in chapter 15, in all things. Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, we come this evening. God, I just pray for my, my friends that are here watching this, whether they've seen this once or a thousand times, God. God, it's so important that they understand that they need to have a relationship with you. That salvation is not in anything that they might find in this world. And while there's a lot of people doing a lot of great and good things to help others, without that relationship with you, it's meaningless. But how much more could we do with you? God, if we abide in you and you in us, God, we can do great things. We can bear much fruit. But God, your passage leads us today to say, apart from you, we can't do a single thing. God, your love in us, God, just opens up so many areas in our lives to reach so many people. God, it makes our heart change where we might say, God, we're looking at our own interests. God, we begin to look at others. We begin to serve others. We begin to impact the kingdom as we bear much fruit. Father God, help us to prune the places in our lives that don't bring glory to you, that don't honor you. Help us to find joy unspeakable as we do so. Let us not begrudgingly change the things that need to be changed in our lives, but let us say, God, whatever, wherever, God, however you can use me to glorify your kingdom, I want to do it today. God, I pray for all who are dealing with unspeakable things this evening that may be watching this video. Father God, I know that they're walking through a tough time and maybe they can't see a relief from all of it. Heavenly Father, pour into them Help them understand that you are their relief. You are their refuge in the storms of this life. 
that each and every person needs to come to you for forgiveness of sins. And as they seek you, they will find a joy, a love that this world cannot match. God, they'll find a strength and an understanding and a commitment that is lifelong to love others as you have loved us. Father God, I understand and I hope they do. There's no greater love than your love who laid down its life for our sins once and for all, Jesus, on that cross. Heavenly Father, I pray that we as disciples take up that cross and walk with you every day so that the world around us might know your name. Father God, forgive us where we fall short so often of your standard in our lives. Help us to remain connected to the vine. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Have a great and wonderful week and see you next week. time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day, and remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.